0: to Soul Binge Podcast, a podcast where we talk about a little bit of everything. We talk about what the soul needs to make it, to survive, to thrive. I'm telling you what, it's been an interesting ride in my relationship with Ashlyn. Um, Things are, at this point, I would say stronger than they've ever been. God has done great things and has kept us through some thick, heavy trials. You know, they say to Stick with your relationship through thick and thin, right? And I don't know which one is supposed to be the worst one, thick or thin. I'm not sure how to describe that, but we've been through a lot. And I just wanted to um, kind of use this time in this space in this episode to talk about a few things that I have learned in the process of being in a relationship with my wife now for six and a half years of, you know, marriage and we had had our, you know, relationship beforehand that was not specifically just marriage. I could talk a little bit about our timeline there and and whatnot if if it seems necessary throughout the course of this episode. But it is Valentine's Day today, so happy Valentine's Day to you and to yours and your significant other. Make sure that you go and tell that person that you love them and that you do something nice for them today, um, Ashlyn. If and when you listen to this episode, I know you are a listener. I do want to say on this particular format and platform that I absolutely am completely head over heels in love with you more now than I ever have been before. It's only grown since day one, uh, never lacking at all. Um, I've not been perfect. I have not always lived up to uh, the expectation that you've had for me. I've done things that I'm not proud of. But at the end of the day, I am happy to say that even in spite of all that, God has kept us. He's been faithful for us, and this relationship is completely what it was always supposed to be, which is the thing that has now kept me going through it, through it all, through all of it. I'm very thankful for you, and I can't really find the right exact specific words to express to, to say how much I love you exactly, but that's only because it wouldn't ever add up properly. That equation would never add up properly. I know this is a real cheesy intro that we're doing for this episode, but it's a Valentine's Day episode. What do you expect? Plus, I'm a cheesy guy, and it's all good. Um, but yeah, happy Valentine's Day to everybody, especially Ashlyn. I love you to death and love you to life and all those other things. But uh, yeah, let's get into it. So a couple things that I have learned, and maybe some of this will help with you and your situation if you need any help at all. Um, you know, I don't have all the answers for sure, but I've learned a lot. Most definitely learned a lot, don't have all the answers, but all I know is my story. So I'm kind of just going to talk about some of the things that I've been through and experienced when it comes to my relationship with my spouse, with my wife, Ashlyn. Um, And yeah, we're going to talk about a little of those things and we're going to sort of gear that towards what it could mean for you and for your soul, ultimately. You could go over the obvious pointers, which is to say that whenever you find someone um, that is right for you and God has placed that person in your life for a specific reason, you could use the term soulmate if you want to. There are some that think that that term is the perfect term to use. There are others that think that it's completely horribly demonic. There are really people out there that think that, uh, I think that has to come primarily from intent. So if you want to use the word soulmate, that's cool with me. I don't really care, but, Kind of my point is that when God places a specific person in your life for you to do life with them, it's it's a great thing. And the Bible supports that, definitely. Uh, the Bible supports that big time. Obviously, it's a good thing to find someone that you can do life with because simply you are not good enough to do it all by yourself. Oftentimes, God will specifically place someone in your life that in certain areas of your life is maybe an opposite for you. And that's exactly how it's supposed to be. Otherwise, That area of your life would kind of always be just lacking, right? And I want to talk about that here in a minute too, but today's a a good day. It's a good Valentine's episode day. Um, This is the first one we've encountered on Soul Binge. We haven't been hitting hitting a year yet. We haven't hit a year yet on this show, but we will soon. It's going to be good. We're gearing up for maybe a really fun year anniversary of Soul Binge. But yeah, we're going to talk about it, man. We're going to talk about relationships. We're going to talk about a little bit of the five love languages, kind of the way that they work and look like for me and my wife in our lives. Um, And again, I'm no professional. I just know my own specific situation and story. And regardless of where you're at with your story, maybe you can be encouraged by it at the very least, or even more so, maybe helped out a little bit by some of the stuff that we can say that we've experienced now um, in in our lives. So let's get into it. First of all, I'll say that when it comes to the five love languages, is, it's going to be good, probably the best place to start. When it comes to the five love languages, the five love languages are words of affirmation, physical touch, gifts, quality time, and acts of service. Those are the five. Okay. Words of affirmation physical touch, gifts, spending quality time, and acts of service. I can tell you right away uh, that a lot of people have like a like a primary and a secondary for that. You, you and your spouse should go or your um, boyfriend, girlfriend, whatever situation is for you. Y'all should go and, and figure out kind of what it is that is maybe your primary for each of y'all and sort of see how that works with you with each of you I know I know people that are in relationships where their primaries are the same and it works I know some where their primaries are complete opposites and it works um for Ashlyn and myself it's it's not that they are the same at all which is perfectly fine for us it works and um and I'll tell you just to kind of spill all the beans if we will that my primary uh love language this is gonna shock you because I am doing this podcast right now where I'm using my words, and I'm speaking and using words to say the things that I say, whether it's something that I'm saying in the church ministry setting, or in a podcast setting, or in a one-on-one encouragement setting with someone, or maybe even at the shop that I work at and I have to control the situation using my words. My love language, my primary love language is words of affirmation. I don't know if you know that or not, or if you could pick up on that, but my primary love language is words of affirmation. This may not come as a super shock to you because I am a dude. The secondary is physical touch and it is what it is. Um, for my wife, if you know anything about her, Ashlyn, oh dear Ashlyn, her primary is definitely acts of service. And, it works for us, right? The thing for me, and I'll say it this way, I'll kind of kick this part of it off this way. The thing for me is that I could live in a box on the side of the road and probably be okay with that. Um, I could, I could. I don't necessarily want to say that I would want our house to be filthy, dirty, or anything like that. Um, it's not that I would like to live where the pigs do or anything, but at least to the same level of cleanliness that Ashlyn wants the house held up to you know definitely definitely we don't see eye to eye on that right um when it comes to let's say the quality of our words that are given there are certain there are certain things that Ashlyn doesn't hold to as much of a higher value um and it's not because she just doesn't value it it's the same thing with me in a clean house. I obviously want the house to be clean. But to the level of cleanliness that she holds that standard to, maybe it's not the same. And maybe the value she sees in words is not exactly the same um, as the way that I see it. But she obviously still values the words and I obviously still want the house to be to be kept in in order and she doesn't obviously have a, you know, anything, there's nothing bad to say about the way she sees words and approaches words or anything like that. There are times whenever she could engage in words of affirmation more in the same exact way that I could engage in acts of service more. Um, But they're opposites and they work because they're opposites. Now here's what they don't teach you about the whole love languages thing. Especially whenever you and your partner have opposite love languages, it's not just that you maybe don't value um, the thing that they value as highly as they do. Again, that's not a negative thing. That's not a bad thing. Not only is that the case where maybe you know when it comes to physical touch, it's not as important. It's definitely still important, but maybe it's not as important for one of you versus the other one of you. It's still important for everybody, but to the level of how high you hold that value may not be the exact same. Not only is that something to know, and that's what they teach you with the five love languages, but one thing that they don't teach you is that if you don't engage in that love language, the action or the lack of action or the words chosen or the lack of words chosen or whatever um, can be the thing that then triggers that other person in a negative way even more quickly. Okay, And what I mean by that is, for example... If, it's going to sound obvious, but it's important to talk about it. If, you know, let's say your love language is gifts, right? Let's say it's gifts. If your love language is gifts and you don't get a gift on, let's say, your birthday, right? If you don't get a gift then, it's one thing to get the gift, Right? It's one thing to get the gift and be happy with the gift and satisfied with the gift. But it's another thing to not get the gift and be irritated beyond belief because you didn't get the gift or you didn't get a gift or whatever, however you want to say that, right? Like that's like almost a completely separate thing, isn't it? And I'm getting to a point here, but it's like, yeah, whenever someone gives you a gift, that fulfills that need. But whenever someone doesn't get you a gift, It's not like you can just brush it off and be like, oh, well, because your love language is gifts. You know, whenever Ashlyn's love language being acts of service, whenever I accomplish whatever I need to around the house, she's thankful for it 100%. Um, But if I don't accomplish whatever I need to around the house, that's the thing that bothers her the most because she just needs it to be done in order for her love language to be spoken. And that's something that they don't necessarily teach you whenever it comes to the conversation about love languages, right? And again, I'm no expert. I'm obviously sounding less and less like an expert the more I talk about this stuff. But it's important for us to realize that because this isn't just a a conversation we're having because we want to skip past those negative moments, but because we want to run after those positive moments in our relationships with our significant other, right? Right. You shouldn't just say you love your spouse because it's Valentine's Day. You shouldn't just do the thing that they love that ultimately speaks their language, their love language. You shouldn't do that thing simply and strictly because it's their birthday or it's Christmas or it's Valentine's Day. One thing that um, Ashlyn in the past has kind of not been super consistent with and she'll admit this is that whenever she realized that her love language was was acts of service for a little while there those acts of service were the bare minimum requirement for her to be even remotely in a decent mood like if everything wasn't immaculately perfect in the house then there would be a problem but then on the other side of that is that if everything was immaculately perfect it was like okay cool you 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 met your bare minimum quota. You broke even, right? And over the years, she's gotten a whole lot better about expressing appreciation for whenever those acts of service get accomplished, and our relationship is better now because of it, 100%. But before, it wasn't always like that. You know, we just not we just had to go through that natural growth to realize those things. For me, I had to realize one thing that I struggled with. Is that because my love language is words of affirmation, I thought that whether or not I was accomplishing the acts of service, I thought that my words to her was like the key ingredient, right? So like I would do something that maybe I shouldn't have done or or messed up big or small even, right? And then I would write a Facebook post with a picture of her with this long caption and – I would then get frustrated because it's like she didn't even seem to care that I wrote that because she read it and she goes, oh, cool. You know, (laughs) Uh, she read it and she goes, oh, okay." there's that. And I wanted it to have maybe a greater impact. And I wanted it to have that impact because that's my love language. I can't expect and I've learned over the years. Here's what I need to say next. I've learned over the years that that's okay if she doesn't hear my love language the same way. Like. What's crazy about the whole love language thing is you literally will naturally express to the other person that you love them but you'll do it first in the way that speaks your love language not theirs. Okay? And this is something that pertains to the soul as far as ultimately understanding what it needs. Like you can't only make uh, give okay, you can't only buy someone gifts because and you say that you love them because ultimately at the end of the day that <laughs> that love language is is yours. Gifts. That's not always going to work out. Like I said, I would write a post or say something to Ashland that I thought was super thoughtful or whatever. And she wouldn't receive it at least to the same level that I wanted her to receive it. Because I wanted her to receive it as if that was her love language and it just simply was not. And you eventually learn over time that the things that I do for her... Start off by being done in the, in the way that I understand love. And because that's natural, that's my love language. So I might approach her in a physical touch situation where she then isn't necessarily interested in that moment. Right? And it's like I take that personally because that's one of my love languages. But she's not even meaning it to be personal. And I may be trying to express it because I'm just trying to express love, but then she thinks, oh, well, he's just trying to, you know, do stuff. And it's like, dude, (laughs) no, I'm trying to express love, but I'm doing it because I'm doing it in that way because I'm expressing it the way that I receive it. I'm giving it the way that I naturally would receive it. And it shouldn't always be that way. It should, if anything, be the kind of thing where, where we're willing to say, look, even if I don't speak that language that you speak. I'm going to learn to speak it because I love you. You know, we, we, get, we get the whole love thing backwards a lot of the time because we don't often admit it to ourselves, but we a lot of times the thing that we love about that other person is what they can do to satisfy our needs. You know, I might say, I love that person, and it's like, no, you, you love what they can do for you. There's this old like Jewish proverb idea and concept type of thing where basically it's like a guy goes to a fish market and he says, you know, I want this fish. I want to purchase this fish and the and the guy selling it says, "Why?" And he goes, "Well, I love this fish." And he goes, "No, you don't. You don't love that fish. You love what that fish can do for you. If you loved that fish, you would not have cooked it or you would not have uh wanted us to kill it and then Sell it and then you cook it and you eat it Because you just want the flavor Or you just want it to fill your stomach up You don't love that fish, you love what it can do for you And it's this kind of concept That leads to what it means To really love someone unconditionally Because it's like, bro It's not going to matter what your love language is And it's especially not going to matter That mine is the opposite I'm going to learn to speak it because I love you That's what we have to learn When it comes to our relationships That's something that you know i've known about for a, you know a lot longer than i practiced it because i was stubborn enough to say you know what no i i'm going to express love the way that i receive it i'm going to give it out the way that i receive it and that's just simply not how it works you know maybe i don't see the same value in some of the stuff that she sees value in i see where the value is there of course i don't you know devalue it completely but to the same level it may not be the same and it's like that's not even the point taking um you know the trash out or cleaning the dishes and doing all that stuff is like you know maybe a small thing for me but it means the world to her when it gets done one thing too kind of on this topic is that whenever 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 the um Before we fully understood what the love languages really meant and how to properly express them and stuff, Ashlyn would even say in the past, like, well, I mean, the dishes got to get done. You know what I mean? Like she would kind of express it in that way where it's like, yeah, it's obviously got to get done. And it's like, yeah, man, like, yeah, it's got to get done. But once I learned her love language, I wanted it to mean something to her. And like I said, for a little while, there was a period of time where I would do it and it was as if I was just kind of breaking even, you know, and... And that's not necessarily the correct thing either. Whenever someone is making extra efforts to speak your love language, you got to know that they're doing it because they love you, and you have to have that mutual understanding and communication between the two of you. Um, that's that's the thing is every single person always says the most important key to a relationship is communication, and it's absolutely true. It's absolutely true so that way you can each understand what your love languages are. But anyway, kind of to step a little bit away from from that, whenever... Whenever I think about my relationship with Ashlyn and the fact that we are kind of opposites in that way with our love language, uh, it also kind of speaks a little bit to some of the other things in our lives that are that are opposites but then therefore supportive of each other, right? And by the way, if it seems like all I'm doing is talking about Ashlyn and myself, it's because I kind of am because it's a Valentine's Day episode. Uh, I only know my relationship with her, right? So it is what it is. Tune in next week if you're tired of this. But uh, I think you can still gain something from some of this, hopefully, with your own life, in um, your own situation. But when it comes to more of the strengths and weaknesses and stuff, we had a conversation um, with someone, you know, it was more than just her and I in this conversation. But um, we were talking about what each other's strengths and weaknesses were. And we were talking about the fact that, you know, my. My whole thing is to be the creative one, the, the thinker type, the one that wants to be introspective and come up with a plan. Um, or not come up with a plan, but come up with a, a vision or an end game that we want to eventually achieve and get to. And she's the one who then can plan it out and actually get it all done. So if it, if it were not for me, she would have nothing um, to reach for as far as an in-game result to reach for. But if it wasn't for her, I would just have a bunch of visions and no way to actually accomplish them. So in that kind of likeness, we actually work really well. The two of us work really, really well together. But but what's great about that realization, or not but, but and what's great about that realization is that we can attack a lot of different things in our lives with that mentality that we are here to balance each other out. In the area that I am the weakest in, she happens to also be the strongest in, and vice versa, and it's a great thing. It's an absolute great thing whenever you can find that in somebody. Not everybody experiences that, Um, or maybe part of the reason you don't experience that is because that part of your relationship could be developed, but y'all haven't had the communication part of it to talk it through and, and realize what each other's love languages are, your strengths or your weaknesses um, you might be surprised what you find out about the person that you've been married to for all these years. You might be surprised to find out that maybe they don't like it whenever, you know, you guys fight and the way that you make up for that fight is by posting a long post on Facebook with saying a bunch of stuff that comes from the heart, but she doesn't hear it from the heart because that's not the way she deals with her love language. You know, or or like when it comes to the physicality of the relationship, of course I'm referring to Um, what's appropriate and what's considered right in the sight of God. That's kind of the approach that I'm taking with all of this. We shouldn't just be shacking up with anyone off the streets or anything like that. But I mean, you know, whenever it comes to the confines of marriage and stuff like that, there has to be that physical connection and that physical relationship there too. Because otherwise, you can get to the point where you start to feel like, yeah, you have those needs and the other person maybe doesn't have that strong of a need for that. And you eventually get to the point where if you don't ever satisfy that need for that person, you just you're not really as much in a relationship as you are in a in a in a living situation. you're not really much in a a relationship when it comes to seeing each other as husband and wife, but it's like your roommates, if anything else right you know and and that type of stuff, when it comes up. It's hard to deal with it head on because it deals directly with the way that you experience the most important thing in your relationship which is love, loving each other. And we sometimes walk away from that stuff or we avoid it because it's either easier not to deal with a conflict or or we, you know, get too emotional and too riled up or whatever and aren't able to talk about it. You know, even for me, it it could be something I could shy away from and not talk about because it deals with the realities of of our situation from the past and stuff like that, but our relationship now is a whole lot better than, than what it has been in the past. And the primary reason why it wasn't maybe so good in the past is because of mistakes that I particularly made. And I'm not just saying that to throw myself under the bus, but I'm going to be honest with you. That's, that's exactly why, you know, that's exactly why those situations uh, maybe weren't always amazing and it's primarily because of me. And I'm willing and, you know, man enough to admit that to you. But, uh, yeah, it's like, you know, It deals directly with some of this hard stuff this hard real life stuff and it's kind of hard to talk about you know at one point in the past not currently but in the past the whole situation with the physicality of our relationship was something that Ashlyn did not hold up to uh, very strongly when it came to the to the communication of the way we felt with physical words that's something that maybe she didn't hold up to so strongly when it came to my ability to uh, be there for her in an acts of service kind of way. That was definitely something that I did not hold up strongly uh, whenever it came to being able to properly manage the things in our lives that develop what is ultimately super important for her, which is the structure of our, of our family situation. Maybe that was something I didn't hold up to so strongly. Uh, so we've each made our own mistakes. We've each had issues that came up. And none of them are less important compared to one another. They're all 100% the most important thing because it directly deals with the way each of us experience and the way each of us share love. Okay? Um, I'm telling you, the most important thing that you can do in your relationship is to stop worrying about what fulfills your needs and worry solely about what fulfills the other person's. And especially if both of y'all can do that, then you can really, really see improvements in your relationship because the other, that other person will start to want to fulfill your needs too. If it's acts of service or gifts or spending physical time with each other, um, you know, spending time with each other. But these types of things seem like they're simple enough to do because it's just what you do in a relationship. But big part of the reason why relationships don't work out is because each person is only looking to get that need met And it's like a trade-off situation. It's like a, well, I did my part, now you got to do your part type of thing. And that's not at all what it needs to be. You need to approach it as if, even if you never get your needs met, your goal in that relationship is to fulfill the need of the other person. And if y'all both can do that, then you've each accomplished that goal. You've each accomplished that goal. So that's kind of my crazy ramble about some different things. Maybe not so specific, but some different things that um, have have transpired that I've learned from in the relationship that I've been in now for what will be seven years this summer as a married couple. And to kind of close the episode out, I'll, I'll say that through all of it, man, through every single part of it, the most consistent person, the most loving person, the most solid person that I could ever count on... Um, has been Ashlyn through all of it and she's perfect in my eyes. She's not perfect, but she is in my opinion of her. And, um, our relationship is not done yet. It's not done yet. It's it's just getting going now because baby three is on the way. So <laughs> I've said this before, but you know, a relationship where you're dating is different from when you're engaged and then that relationship is different from when you're married. And then that relationship is different from when you're married with being pregnant And then that relationship is different when being married and having a kid. And then that relationship is different when you go from being married with a kid to being married with a kid and pregnant again. And then so on and so forth. It continues, it continues, and it moves forward. And life continues on, right? But at the end of the day, you know, we're all just trying to ultimately accomplish the goal to love and to be loved. That's what it's all about. If you yourself feel like you haven't accomplished that or found that for yourself, stop worrying about fulfilling your own needs. You know, you you know who you are and what you want and what you like and everything like that. That's not it's not really the concern for what I'm attacking right now. And if you don't, then you need to find yourself first, right? You need to work on finding yourself first. That's the best advice that I could give you when it comes to setting yourself up for the best relationship later is to stop worrying about that relationship later and work on yourself now. But if you are at a point where that relationship is either already happening or it's about to happen between you and someone else, um, just, you know, it's no longer just you now. So work on being there for them in every single way possible. Ashlyn, if and when you listen to this, just know that you are my inspiration for any of this episode primarily because you are the reason that I believe that love exists between one person and another. Um, you're the most consistent person whenever it comes to showing and expressing love, both to the people that you're closest with and the stranger on the street. Maybe if they cut you off in traffic, they'd, don't get to see as much of that loving side of you but that's okay (laughs) we're not perfect here on soul bench um but yeah no it's it's uh it's an amazing thing to to do life with you it's an amazing thing to have these children and to move forward in our future i'm excited for it and yeah that's the end of this episode 30 minutes of me rambling about valentine's day and about the love languages and, and stuff but thanks for listening um kind of a Different episode, similar to last week, where it was just kind of a different approach, maybe. But it's all good. Uh, big reason why I do this show is because it's a way for me to say what I need to say in order to remind myself. And so, if anything, it accomplished that. Hopefully, you gained something out of this. Share it with someone that might need to hear it. Um, just know in your life, however it's looking right now, it can always look a little better. It can also look a little worse, but it could always look better too. So work on that. Work on yourself. Work on loving people, work on loving your spouse, your significant other, in an unconditional kind of concept. You won't ever fully get to that unconditional love level because you're not God, but it's definitely something you can always strive towards. So yeah, just keep that in mind. But anyway, it's all good. And if it's not all good right now, it will get there eventually. And I will catch you on the next episode of Soul Bench. Thank you for listening. Um, Bye bye.